Shit, you saw a totally different film, I think, then. Yep. Hi, my name is Ricardo Deacon. Hi, my name is Orla McNeenis. And welcome to the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie the other person hasn't seen. We watch it separately and then Skype each other to discuss it. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film is Flea from 2021. You don't have to say anything yet. Just think of your earliest memory. What's the earliest you remember? Flea tells the story of Amin Nawabi as he grapples with a painful secret he has kept hidden for 20 years, one that threatens to derail the life he has built for himself and his soon-to-be husband. Recounted mostly through animation to director Jonas Poher Rasmussen, he tells for the first time the story of his extraordinary journey as a child refugee from Afghanistan. So, uh, Orla, you chose this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Why did you pick Flea? Uh, well, I felt like we were on a run of cheerful movies, so I would bring us back to reality. Um, although, I don't know, it's saying that. Oh, I don't come think on. Invisible Life is hardly a fucking cheerful movie. No, it's definitely not. What did we do before that? Oh, Petite Maman. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. I feel movie, like we've yeah. been on a sort of a, like, a melancholy run, is what I would describe. Because we did Pig... To be or not to be, which is obviously very funny, but also very poignant. And then Petite Maman last week. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, like, I would also argue that this is not necessarily a sad movie. I think it's a very tough movie in points, but it also is a movie of, like, it has a lot of joy in it. And I particularly, like, we'll, we'll get to talking about the ending, which I, <laughs> I love so much. Oh, my God. Um, yes, yeah, so this is one of the uh, one of the nominations for um, Best Documentary at the Oscars. I think it was also up for... Best Foreign Language Film and Best Sound or something as well. It was actually nominated for three different things. Um, I obviously did. I don't think won any of those. But um, uh, yeah, which is like a big deal for a documentary, I think. And particularly for an animated documentary to like... Um, or no, it was Best Animation. Sorry. Obviously. Um, and then obviously it, it lost out in the Best Documentary category to um, Summer of Soul. Um, and like, I'm not upset about that because what was really annoying about, obviously... Questlove winning for Summer of Soul was that he had to go up and get his award right after the whole Will Smith thing so that was shit that really kind of put a damper on what was a really fantastic year for documentaries and like him winning was amazing you know but anyways um, yeah I I fucking love Summer of Soul but um, this is a better film I think Um, and we can get into talking about that but I think I think it is like it's a better documentary um, and like part of that is Obviously, Summer of Soul is incredible and, you know, they, they they benefit from starting with such incredible archive. So it's they kind of have a bit of a leg up in that sense. But then obviously they had to do something interesting with the archive. So I don't I'm not shitting on Summer of Soul when I'm talking about that. But I think this is. Um, uh, uh, yeah, like obviously this film uses a bit of archive as well. Um and very effectively, I think, as well, like the way it's able to sort of like switch between the animation, particularly because the animation is quite simple, between that and then also very carefully chosen bits of archive from uh, both like Afghanistan at the time, but also um, as he's sort of in his journey intersecting with like kind of historical events and stuff like the cruise ship and Estonia and all that kind of stuff. Like it was interesting. We were watching that with, um, I watched it with uh, Sister Claire and uh, her partner Angus. And he was like, I remember that. I remember that on the news that like, uh, that they turned them away and everything and like that whole thing. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, uh, yeah, but obviously like this film is like 90% basically original footage slash animation, basically. Um, which uh, is interesting because, like, we've done we've done Persepolis, obviously, um, and there are a lot of parallels between this film and um, also Waltz with Bashir because the, you know Waltz with Bashir, obviously, being kind of like not f- it was pretty. I'm trying to remember now because that was like what 2007, 2008, maybe when that came out, and I remember it seeming really revolutionary at the time because of the not just the technology they used, but the idea of using 
animation for a full documentary felt kind of like it was like a whole new thing. Um, I think I, I prefer the animation here um, because it's like it's it's simple but has a, a real flow to it that they're able to kind of move from one scene to another in a kind of a like flowing way. And the way the way that he's recounting his story has a real kind of it's the way you recount a memory. It's not all one by one by one by one you're kind of flitting back and forth and I think the animation really suits that telling of that story and like that's not it's not that I don't like the animation from those other two films it's just that like for something like like Waltz with Bashir is portraying a story from within a war from within a conflict whereas this is kind of it's viewing it from the other side of like people who are displaced it's a much more like um, I don't know interior kind of personal um, story yeah obviously <laughs> We say this a lot, but uh, this film has sort of a, a double relevance at the minute, not just because of like all the people who've been displaced in Ukraine, but also that all the people that were forced to flee from Afghanistan very recently as well. Um, and this film tackles a lot of like the idea of like the perfect refugee or like the deserving refugee or... Like, there was a lot of very fucked up conversations, that, like, discourse that people were having. Discourse, shut up, Orla. Around, like, because the two things had happened so close together, there was a lot of comparisons between, like, you know, why do we think that Ukrainian refugees are different? And, yeah, it was... Some of that discussion was very important, and then some of it was very racist. And it's it's just that it felt very, very stark because both things had happened so close together. And it was only like however long ago that we were talking about like, um, you know, refugees in like the forests um, along the border with um, was it Poland? And no, where was it? Um, Belarus. It was Belarus. Yeah. Like that's not that long ago. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of parallels between the footage that we were seeing of those people then and the recounting of his memories of whenever they're going through the forests. And yeah, it felt really like... By the way, before you go on, I just want to say to the audience and everybody that it's getting warmer in the summer here or spring or whatever you call it in Ireland. And yeah. It's impossible to record without the windows open because yeah, like, <laughs> uh, the room gets really, really hot. And uh, being that I live in the countryside now, there are birds just chirping <laughs> away in the background. So it is not me just chirping away, uh, complaining about Orla taking too long to make her point or whatever. It's just that they're like nature points away to annoy Ricardo. That's it. I just wanted to make clear. I like uh, I like the idea that uh, if you're impatient, you start chirping like a little bird. Like the dog in that video. <laughs> Anthony! Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, and obviously Russia appears um, in this movie, not in the best light. Well, I don't um, think that there's a they... way of presenting Russia, honestly, in the best light in any <laughs> period of its history. They did give them a holiday visa. In fairness, they got into Russia. It was the only country that let them leave Afghanistan. Yeah, because Afghanistan, they so. fucked up Afghanistan. It's the same as like the, like it's the same as people saying, "Oh yeah, America gave loads of uh, Vietnamese refugees asylum after the Vietnam War." And it's like, but why did you have to give them asylum? Mm, question mark. <laughs> What's really interesting in this film is the relationships. So, the relationships. For him with his family, which I feel like they could have delved into a little bit more in a modern context, because having grown up with his entire family dispersed around Europe, I would have liked a little more information on that, about what that was like for him now as like an adult, as like his sisters and his brother in Sweden. And um, and then also like the relationship between him and his partner, which is very interesting, um, but also like the kind of core relationship of the filmmaker and his subject, which is, I think we've talked about this before, about how it's very, it's a very difficult thing to make a film about someone you know. Like, I think we talked about this with um, 
uh, minding the gap, um, about remaining objective, but also having when you're having to deal with such a sensitive subject as well. Um, and like, I think the closeness that they have in this film is a strength in a way, not just because he gets the access to him, but that so much of it is the film is just them having conversations and it's very kind of like open and, um, you know, it's you you get a portrayal of someone where he's gone through so much trauma, but now he's hurting other people in his life because he's so unable to like open up, unable to like sit still basically and I think showing that is very interesting um, because it gives a more rounded portrayal of a person rather than just which I think is the goal of the director here that like he talks a lot about how you know a refugee is not you it's something that happened to you you know what I mean like that's not you're a whole person beyond just this and he wanted to portray he wanted to portray his friend basically there's a really cute story about how um uh they, they become friends when they're both like 15 as teenagers and they remain friends up until, you know, throughout their life. But how uh, in their 20s, they both went through a really bad breakup. Um, so they, uh, uh, he went to go stay with him. Um, so they called it their heartbreak summer. So they like lived together for a while, just like trying to get over their heartbreaks. And I was like, oh, and you can really get the like, the feeling that the story of this film is so important to the director not just because it's his friend but also that like he's seen this in his own family the impact that that this kind of trauma have like it, that it's generational as well that like it doesn't just stop with the person that it happened to that it'll, it'll continue throughout um uh throughout life but um yeah like uh i feel like i've been talking a long time so i just want to a few things um the ending of this film i think is something so fucking perfect because he like where he chooses to switch from animation to the actual real shot just for like a second but he doesn't use it to show anybody it's literally just you know it's like a sort of a shaky kind of almost out of focus shot of just the probably taking a mobile phone or something yeah and they're just they're out of frame just talking about raspberries and it just ends and it's like like, there's a lot of very, very emotional parts of this movie. And, like, the bit when his brother takes him to the gay bar, it's just like, we always knew. We love you. <laughs> Go have a nice night. Because like, <laughs> we were watching it, we were like, oh, God. Oh, God. Where is he taking him? Where is he taking him? Oh, God. This is awful. And it's like, he's like, <laughs> there's a few bits whatever uh, throughout his interview that he's like laughing as well and he says like it was my first time in a gay bar I didn't go home <laughs> you know and he's like laughing because he's like he's laughing at himself for what he like his younger self and everything like and it's so candid and oh yeah it's impossible to cover all the things so yeah Ricardo what did you think of Flea? Yeah so where to start um, first of all when it comes to like the actual politics as you mentioned not politics as in geopolitics of refugees and stuff i think it is uh like just so because everything uh, every opinion not in the movie itself but what the movie is trying to say about um like refugee crisis in general not just about the refugee crisis of late 80s afghanistan mm is that uh, it is the duty of, quote-unquote, the West or call it the Global North or whatever you want to call it, to, to take as many refugees as possible without any questioning, really. Uh, I think uh, don't think that there's a single humane refugee program in Europe. No. Definitely not in America. Maybe in Canada, but, like, uh, I think... Uh, oh, no, you take into that. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those things that is like humane in comparison rather than uh, actually being humane. Is that that's Canada in a fucking nutshell, though? Yeah, that is like we're not America. Canada, the slogan of Canada should be "We're not as bad as America," and you just stop. Like as soon as you're like a little bit better than America, you just stop there. Kind of, yeah, that's that's all we need to do. So we're looked upon as a favorable country, like a progressive country, and all these things. But also is the fact that like uh, most refugee ca- crisis, if not all of them, are c- caused by uh, uh, 
the global north meddling with other countries be it like um forced famines in ethiopia in the 90s and somalia mm. like you know people go oh yeah but in africa for example there's always warlords it's like do, do you know what happened in africa in the last 200 years palestine egypt iran iraq afghanistan syria there's like thumbprints of everyone involved including russia as well and there's a price to be paid for going and messing shit up and i think that it's a very small price to pay to house people that feel that their lives are in danger while they're there but coming to this movie yeah like i think it's um it is an important movie and it's clearly a movie with a message and i don't think that the movie ever strays away from being part of that message and sometimes i feel that it's um i uh goes against the movie let's say i i think uh, you were mentioning summer of love that we also done for this podcast i think that it is mm-hmm. perhaps a lesser movie but it's also a more successful movie that is uh, mm-hmm. like whatever it tries to achieve it achieves it in space while this movie swings for the fences and doesn't completely uh get the ball out of the park but it might be like too basic if anybody knows baseball <laughs> um so not to it's criticize not it to be too romantic much. about baseball but like you said it's like it's very difficult to make a movie whenever you're very close to the to the subject matter especially whenever it is something as emotional and you know because you can feel if it was another person obviously i mean wouldn't be speaking as scandally as he does in this but also mm. the director doesn't press him in certain things that I think that if he didn't know what I mean, you would, based on like emotional, like even in the sense that it is, you're presenting this, but it's just not a matter of fact. It happened to him, and it like you become more powerful if you're making it as a statement, as this movie clearly is. To you know, like whenever they're in the cold in the woods, considering that the movie is animated, it doesn't give you the the true feeling of being that cold you know like uh even if he had pushed him to describe exactly how cold he felt there rather than just go it's freezing you know and it's a question mm-hmm. kind of thing i'm just using that as an example but it's uh it's something that is present throughout the movie that um not that he steps away but is that you can tell that there's a m- moments that especially traumatic moments that that it's not letting away him because obviously it's up to me to say whatever he wants but it's kind of almost that the director doesn't want him to have a bad experience of making the movie either and neither do yeah. i but also if you're judging it as a movie rather than like a conversation between friends it's it's one of those very difficult things that it comes to like a documentary that we often talk about whenever we watch a documentary that the ethics of making something that you're dealing with actual people is way different to whenever you're dealing with a fictional material like Mm. for example if this movie would have been basically the same story but he actually just fictionalized the material and made like an animated movie based on a main story and say this is absolutely true i got the story from a main whatever but he had room to quote-unquote embellish let's say to add those moments perhaps it would be more successful but at the same time i think the one of the major problems i had with the movie and i don't know if you had as if you saw the same version of the movie that i did uh i watched i rented on google play because i thought okay i'll be giving the money give money to the movie the it's a small movie it's probably worthwhile etc but the version in google play is the one um is the dubbed version with riz ahmed oh. and um nicholas Wars, whichever oh yeah, yeah yeah the guy from game of thrones yeah um and did you watch shit, that version okay. or no, no no it was on i both times i saw it um i saw the subtitled version shit i didn't even think to say I like Riz Ahmed as an actor, but he's very bad in the dubbing on this movie. 
Shit, you saw a totally different film, I think, then. Yep. Oh, man. Okay, for interesting. Like, it's not absolutely terrible, let's say, but I think that it, lo- like, obviously loses part of the emotional connection because you're not actually listening to the actual voices of these people, you know? And it, it does a fairly okay job, but I think that... Especially because there's a lot of like in his performance that is a bit about trying to trying to highlight the distance that May has with everybody. Like mm. just even vocally. You know, like even the scene whenever he's trying to read in the language his in diary. Yeah, his diary mm. in uh, the the language spoken by by him in Afghanistan. It would be even more uh, um effective whenever it's his actual voice that he can't read yeah, it kind of thing and because he's he's literally reading his own oh my god jesus okay i think we should stop and you should just go and watch the other version <laughs> well like that's it that, that was a minor gripe that i was gonna bring up as like perhaps a bigger gripe than it is because it is not the the actual version of the movie that should be watching i think i think in like um because I didn't realize there was a dub version until earlier, actually, when I was um, I was reading, I think, Mark Hermode's review. And I think at the end he said that, like, if you're able to find the subtitled version, definitely watch that instead. But he's like, at the same time, I can't have a problem with it being more accessible to people. Like, having the dub version out there is going to make more people watch it, probably. So I kind of get it. But yeah. Yeah, like, it is. Uh, and it is, and I suppose, because, like, the other gripes that i have with the movie are more what happens whenever you make a movie with people you know like your man's dad is clearly was clearly very high up in the afghani army before the soviet intervention it's very similar to like some cuban people whenever they are in america it's like oh we fled whenever castro took power it's like yeah might not have been the fair treatment afterwards but it's not exactly that your hands were completely clean you know and it's i think it's supposed to is the presentation of being oh my family is completely perfect you know and again it's no questioning about what was his dad's role what was his dad's rank why did they call Mm -hmm. why would he be in a list to be called up like as early as they did you know and i'm not saying that any that his dad deserved any of the punishment that he received but it is also very worthwhile to comment in the country that is as poor as afghanistan was in the 70s obviously in it was in a far more upward trajectory than it is now after mm-hmm. meddling by everybody that generally meddles in fucking foreign policy yeah they they all had their hands in there at one point or another <laughs> is a gray area that the movie doesn't cross that'd be interesting to say why like maybe he doesn't even know what his father did that's the sense i got from it because even like yeah but he's still in touch with his family it's not like the his older brother would have been like an adult almost whenever his father disappeared and his older brother fled at an earlier point as well because he didn't want to be in the army yeah i think is what they say so like yeah it's it's kind of interesting like you almost feel as if you could do a follow-up to this movie yeah you know what i mean because like this considering that like these are the first few times that he's ever talked about this so there's like so much more there that he doesn't say that like maybe he can't say because it's too early for him he literally says that at one point where he needs a break when they start talking about his father so it's like you can imagine them at a later date having a follow-up to this where it's like you know because at the minute it's it's like the story is as sketched out as the animation is in a way that like because even when he's talking about his mother and how he can't picture her with brown hair because he can only see her as she is now or as she was whenever they fled whenever they you know it's like so much of it is like muddled by the the memories yeah and also i know that like uh for example that they um probably are keeping secret let's say where the mom and the the older brother are because of immigration law they don't want to 
for people to be, try to fucking investigate who lied in their forms to get asylum and all those things. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like a, a big omission to say how their relationship is. Even to say like, oh, I talk to them or I... I in present in present day? Yeah. yeah, I feel that as well. There's or even how long they were in Moscow afterwards because the the text scroll afterwards say like they eventually left but when mm. it makes the film less powerful than it tries to be or should be i think that the and it's this very difficult position that's why i don't want to criticize the filmmaker too much but it's one of the reasons that like he's braver than i am i wouldn't be able to put a a friend of mine on the spot like he does here clearly i mean mm. wants to tell his story and stuff and it's also like the idea of how every refugee story is both epic and unique but also mm. the same that everybody like there's so many stories also that you know unfortunately be some huge odyssey that you just end up drowning in the british channel and those are the stories that you never hear about obviously the but it could be as you know harrowing and personal and dramatic as this but it just didn't have a happy ending and i know that it is we often talk about like movies with a message and what that message is and who that message is for you know mm. and i think that that's the problem with a lot of movies like this the the clear message is to talk about refugees being people and how everybody's a person and it's like important to treat people like people and to give them a the chance for life etc displacement as well of like how the you know, even if you're, you don't necessarily are in direct conflict, like as in you manage to escape from the danger before actually seeing like whatever that might be, it's still the trauma of the displacement and the thing, your journey and everything that like the impact that that has on people and that you can't just, <laughs> they just want to come over here and take our money. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, it's the bit that, but at the same time, it's like that this movie is preaching to the acquire to a certain degree. It's like very much for like a liberal audience to the, to watch and go, yeah, yeah, I care about refugees, but not actually do anything about it. You know, like it's just that, yeah, this is, this is cute. Oh yeah, that isn't wonderful that he got a life or whatever and then you just go back to your normal life and go oh um i don't want anybody like if somebody went like oh let's build a a welcome center like an actually well-run welcome center across the road from your house you'd be like yeah nah i'll put a complaint to the city council i don't want any refugees in my neighborhood i don't want my pro i don't want my property values to go down um so i think that the <laughs> It is. What does that movie look like, though? What do you mean? So. Well, for one, if you think for one, it'd be uh, you go into the actual harrowing bit from it. Like the the movie, the like, like I said, is that it pulls it pulls punches. Like if you think about the, like it leaves you to to fucking imply in your head the actual horror like whenever they're in the container ship for fucking week like a couple of weeks or whatever and it's like 40 of them when they get to estonia it's like a container ship so people be pissing and shitting and bleeding and everything in there you know but that's not mentioned you know like it shows like the state of the place whenever they get to estonia but that's because the footage is there you know and i know how how this may sound is that is that the problem is that it made it they made it into like a story rather than like that the the story has a happy ending the problem is that it doesn't because the happy ending of the story is that nobody fucking had to go anywhere and nobody had to uh like it's a happy ending that can't exist yeah 
So like his trauma exists and he still is not able to talk about like in detail about those things, even when it comes about his mom and stuff that when he says that his mom changed after like that attempt that they had, that they had to go back to to mm-hmm. Moscow and her attitude that it was like allergies or whatever, it doesn't hold there. Like the like just the thought of that as a teenager or seeing your mom in that state, you know, and I think that the it makes it easy to digest the movie when it shouldn't is the the part that i um that i because presented as it is the movie because it's not really what you might call it because it's not really a means story is his story as a refugee that the movie is making i think that if a mean had made his own movie about his life it would be a different movie do you get me I think it's very much the white man's perspective of, you know, even how his homosexuality is portrayed is very digestible. Well, Amin is is listed as a as like a writer or whatever. Yeah, because like he's, he's uh, writing his own dialogue. Let's say he he. Yeah, but like he's clearly very involved in. Yeah, but also... That's the impression I got. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if he'd been doing it just by himself, it would have been different, but, like... Yeah, like... But it's still very sanitized version of the story when it comes to all of those things. Even when it comes to the idea of, like, uh, his homosexuality and having the... Do the hug him and stuff like that, like his brother hug him. I don't doubt that that's true. That that that. Do you do you think though that like it's sanitized because the director did that or because? I think it's that's his. Well, considering that, like, I mean, like, not his real name. Like, that's a it's a it's a fake name because he didn't want to give up his identity, and he didn't even want to do the film until he knew that he would be animated so that he could maintain his like privacy and stuff because. And like loads of stuff is or names and stuff are changed because like, um, yeah, this is as much as he's able to to tell. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't but think like that obviously like, it's not because how many like the director clearly says that your man is in his class. How many Afghani refugees he had in his class? Like anybody that is halfway interested of figuring out who this guy is as his actual name, let's say. Unless I mean, yeah. like his actual name is a fake name that he's in Denmark under because he destroyed all his documentation when he got there and created a fake background yeah, story. He might have. Unless I mean, is actually a, a pseudonym that he actually uses in Denmark as. A yeah, but that's 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 like that's one that's besides the point though, because like he still. Want, he was still trying to take steps to hide his identity. I think that, like, considering how what we see of him, like, I'm not saying that obviously the director does not have a massive impact on what we see in the editing and the final film and everything, because of course. But I don't, I don't think that it's we can accurately say that like Amin would have wanted to go more in depth of the trauma. But of like, his I don't siblings. think that he, you know what I mean. Because like, I don't think he wanted to go more in depth on it. I think that he wouldn't like without the director pushing him, he wouldn't go into anything. Let's say. But, yeah, so I think that seems a little. Yeah, but but part of it is also the it is where the director decided to stop. In the negotiation, yeah. like the negotiation that he had with Amin, uh, like as in like personalizes like you're allowed to tell your story up to the point that you're willing to go that's as you said that he is uh, and i'm not saying that i mean be able to tell that story now or would have revealed that story but if it was a full honest portrayal of his relationship with the, because even like not only being gay but being an afghan gay man in mm. incredibly white Copenhagen that it is quote unquote progressive but there's still a lot of racism look at fucking Sweden look at fucking Norway like it's not a lot of Nazis there's no place that is absolutely perfect it kind of shies away it shows even like Denmark uh, uh, like the bit that he for example whenever they buy the house 
he says that it ri- reminded him of the fields or whatever whenever he was in the detention centers when he Soviet, got there. Yeah. And it's like, what was that experience in Denmark? It doesn't touch on that. Like it goes, he got to Denmark and the next jump, it's like he's going to school because he obviously mm. doesn't want to taint Denmark. But like the bit that is tainted for him is the countryside. And I know that it is implied and everything else. But also it's like, it's like, I the you know, even what was the fear that he had with uh, his family uh, of him being gay? Would he have had the same, re- like his family had the same reaction having not left Afghanistan and being like, you know, there's no gay, cl- as he said, that there was no even word for gay whenever. I think it's this, that the movie constantly gets near going beyond, let's say, to like somewhere really, really deep and just sits there. And it's all together because there's so many moments. Like I said, it's not a home run, but it's still like a, a very good movie. <laughs> Getting back to baseball, can I push back a little yeah. bit on the um, we were saying about like uh, that in order to like change people's minds or or like spur action or or something that you have to like show it in its like bare bones and like you know show the false extent of the horror and everything and like I think the problem with people trying to make films about these kinds of topics is that the there's such a real issue with like the apathy that people have with because like i mean how much footage do we encounter on the news everywhere all the time even if you live in a bubble where you're not really taking in much of that you're still getting a lot of like what's happening in ukraine people who are displaced all that stuff like there's a lot of emphasis on that just as there was whenever people were fleeing Afghanistan and, like, down to the last days, whenever there were people desperately trying to get out and it was a fucking shit show. Like, we saw a lot of that. And it doesn't really seem to change people's minds to caring about letting people into the country or the neighborhood that they live or whatever. You know, so it's like... Like, that that's a real problem <laughs> that people, especially journalists, come up against all the time because, like, how do you make people care whenever they, they're... And, like, a lot of that is just that, like... Your your capacity for intake of this kind of horror is very like, can only be so large, and like people who are able to like work in like, you know, the front lines of this kind of stuff are like that's that's you should be a very like a certain type of person who's able to do that. Most people day to day can only take in so much, and I think that like I don't know I don't I don't like the word sanitized because I feel like there's enough. Especially when, like, say, with like the 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 um, um, the container ship, let's say, where they're stuck there, and um, I don't know many people who haven't heard stories or known something about what you know, because there's been so many like famous, like, if it was say we didn't know anything about as a society, like Western society or whatever, say we didn't know anything about that people get traino taking places in. in container ships and they end up dying yeah but the thing the is people the... who are taking them there hold on the people who are taking them there don't give a shit about them and it's it's horrifying and like you know what i mean like we already have an idea in our heads of what that's like and i feel like this film doesn't need to show us every single thing i think just it having a little does, shot at the end of the it, it why though it for does that particular because it's like as roger ebert said the filmmaking is an empathy machine like films are empathy yeah. machines is that the image of the container ship that you have in your head is some faceless person that is unfortunate and you don't want that to happen to any person, but it's somebody without a name, without, you know, even if you know the names of like, you know, that fucking container ship of people that died in Dublin port, you can get that list of names, but they mean nothing to you. But whenever you create the, the empathy for somebody like Amin and his family, as it exists in this movie it makes that message way more powerful like every time that you see the next time that you hear the story of a container ship you have a means that you're not piecing them together you have it already there and it's the same uh uh criticism of uh, not criticism the 
movies are called to action they usually work is that is whenever not like the general public is that it shocks somebody like that actually has power to do something like nuance and people might not understand why certain things are important certain things are not but this movie is very very structured so if you're gonna go through like nuance and i don't know how to feel about things and this is what it is make it more messy like the way that he probably sees his life rather mm. than structure as it is that it's like clearly somebody trying to add the narrative to it you know like that it starts whenever he's really young and as somebody that like i'm not saying like let's make it absolutely clear that i am in no shape or form have the same experience as somebody that had to flee their country because of war and because of some terrible economical problems like starvation the threat of the government police all those things no but i did leave south america for economical reasons let's say no wouldn't call myself like some people would say like economical refugee because that's bullshit because it was a choice i wasn't like like i wasn't living hand in mouth in uruguay but when i look back on my life it's not i was in brazil then here then there then here like memories actually make sense in brazil in context of uruguay then in ireland that i've lived in mm. and they only make sense contextualized on my present stay in ireland because i know my views of the world are completely based on me living in ireland so means mm. views of the world are clearly based on him living in copenhagen and i think that if you're not gonna be like nuance and messy or whatever be like you know it's the feeling of like it's a cold night in copenhagen he might link that to being in a cold night in moscow and not having like not understanding or whatever it's not it does feel like copenhagen is the one that gets neglected a little bit yes you know what i mean he kind of gets there to he gets he gets to denmark and like we don't really know like what happened to him after he gets there so he gets like he gets asylum you know does he get put with a family yeah that's the thing you know, is so that was he was he fostered then and then or did he live in you know like and then he goes to school how did he end up in this remote village like that i think his present day feels more sketchy or not sketchy but feels thinner than other parts of his story like even whenever he's in like moscow or whatever he doesn't say a lot about it but there's a lot of visuals that give you a lot of kind of like idea of, of what life was like there and you know um i think yeah despite despite the fact that he's in the present day looking back we're not given a lot of like context for that last third of his story which is kind of like yeah, th those are the bits that feel a little bit too neat. Like whenever he goes to Sweden and it's like, oh, yeah, his family are fine. His family accept him. Fine. It's like a little more there, you know, because it just feels kind of. Especially because. Like, as I think about it now, he he talks more about the those time, like those really traumatic times of when he was trying to flee than he talks about his current time, like after he gets to safety, you know, it's as if it's just like, well, he was there then and everything was fine. And it's like, well... Yeah, and also it's like, <laughs> it, like I suppose that it was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't want to be complaining too much about the Danish system because otherwise people will be like, oh, well, you, you're here and all those things, but... Yeah, well, not even like... Not even... It's just... You want like a little more context, you know How what I mean? How did he like pay for... Like, not pay for university in Denmark. But he's going to mm. university in Stanford in New York. It's like, yeah. was it a scholarship based on what? Yeah, it's it kind of fudges it a little bit as if it goes from like him being 15 to him being a 30 something year old man. And it's like we get a little context for like having a, you know, a abusive boyfriend or whatever. And and like, but that's a big part of who he is now as well and it's like you know <laughs> do you have any uh very brief comments before we go to favorite things yeah like the first of all that this is like a really good movie and it's worth watching and it's like a movie that does um 
let's say it does not change the mind of somebody that doesn't agree with but i do think like based even from this episode that is a movie that does foment conversation on important topics so it's not something to be laughed at it's not like they're mm. like important films or well like they're far and far few between so especially nowadays there's like fucking every movie is a marvel movie so like uh, i'm glad like i'm glad that i paid for it i'm glad that like it was made i'm glad that i got into the oscars i'm glad that like people like riz Ahmed and nicholas are like involved <laughs> as uh, executive producers and stuff like that so i i do urge everybody to to seek it out is the, like subtitled subtitled yes and i do think that it is a movie that it's necessary in a way like uh, even like you know, it might be that I'm already tainted by already being way, way into the 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 people that are in the side of the story. Maybe somebody needs to be like, like a frog, put in the cold water first before, like, you know, I'm like a couple of tweets away from like fucking singing the internationale and marching with per well, like, per I think as well, somewhere. like you have so much of the historical context that a lot of people wouldn't have. So like, I know the very, very bare bones of like Russia and Afghanistan, but like, not that much. Yeah, like, a, like I didn't know about you know, like, you, you know, know how so, you know about Russia and Afghanistan? It's the same as Vietnam is the same as American involvement in Afghanistan. It's fucking history, the fucking rhymes or whatever. It's terrible. Nobody learns mm -hmm. any lessons. The The whole point of <laughs> learning history, <laughs> like whenever fucking I grew up, people are like, oh, why do you learn history? It's like, hmm. Hmm. Mm. If only people <laughs> knew history. Hmm. What was your favorite thing? My favorite thing, I, I think, is the like humanity of it all. Like, uh, uh, in a way, like the way they humanizes. I mean, uh, like, I think he's an interesting character, and probably like my criticisms come from not being able to see as much of him as I'd like to. But mm. he's a person that contains multitudes, like all of us do. So, like, even the unsaid is interesting. Let's say I think that the. Um, my my concerns were more about like the structural nature of the movie and the actual like clear messaging that the movie is trying to make rather than a mean per se it's the um, let me put it this way if, uh, the movie was more like we said the uh, unstructured and less focused on the message about the experience of the refugee let's say even calling it flee etc i think it'd be like still interesting because I mean is an interesting person, and it even comes across considering that it's animated and it was dubbed, the version that yeah. I saw. So like yeah, it, that's true. So it is like very impressive that he is still, like I still see him as a person. Let's say that in the movie does a very good job of portraying him as a full fledged human being, not. Very importantly, not reducing him to a label like refugee. Mm. That he is a scientist, I think. Like he does say things that sound very smart, but uh, or like some project computer. I don't know, like whatever PhD he's doing. But clearly, he's important in his field, whatever that field is. And I like that that part is not really touched upon. Kind of like that is left for himself in a way. I'm glad that they don't interview his husband. But you keep thinking about what does he know? How much does he know? What does he think? Kind of thing. And a lesser movie yeah. would have done it. But it presents enough of like, how much does he know? How much doesn't he know? Especially because, as you say, as you said, that's like really sad story that I mean opens up to an ex-boyfriend and then he abusively uses it against him. So I, I did think of like, oh, how is the dynamic? How, like, he clearly gives him so much room, but it's like, how much room is he actually willing to give? Is he happy enough yeah. with the distance, let's say, that it's like one of those things that you complain about, but really you're happy that you're not there every day? 
I don't know, but it's like it's an interesting dynamic that uh, is just there and made it like kind of homely. But what was your favorite thing? I think it's the inclusion of like um, all the sort of small little bits of life um, that from his memory of like things that give kind of texture to stuff. Um, even even like even say like the little moments that they have when you know he's making dinner and he's setting up and the cat's clearly turning it up on the thing and like you know and then like later on when they're like you know getting into the house and there's a cat there and stuff and like there's like these little things some of it's like obviously stuff that's filmed some of it's just him describing things like even if they were watching like telenovelas and stuff oh mentioning that uh, <laughs> alex recognized a telenovela because she used to get russian channels when she grew up in ukraine so God, she was like, really? oh, I actually saw that exact telenovela because they probably got like some. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Like, it was such a like such a small little thing, but it was so like even how much of the telenovela they they show. Apparently like, it was a very big thing in post-Soviet countries in the 90s because they didn't have any money to actually make drama shows and they didn't have any money yeah. to import like really important American shows. And because everything was badly dubbed anyhow, it was like Mexican and Brazilian telenovelas. And Alex really liked the Brazilian ones because they're way less like melodramatic. They're not, <laughs> they're set, set mostly on sets, but sometimes it's like just outside or whatever. It's pretty funny sometimes that she'll be like, oh, remember this Brazilian telenovela? I was like, Jesus, I grew up watching that as well. It's very strange, but. What's your least favorite thing? Well, my least favorite thing is that this story has to be told and this message has to be portrayed and I hate that I myself become so desensitized to it that it's like it needs to be darker for people to pay attention to it. Precisely mm. because, as you said, is that you hear these things in the news all the time these tragedies that are both like completely universal and i hate how this is a very unique story but at the same time is not unique in itself let's say that it is like even every step of the way that he was there is just the sequence of events even when he goes to copenhagen or whatever there's another guy in the truck with him yeah. It's never like just him that it's like a general life experience of millions and millions of people in the world that have to suffer through this. And then best case scenario, you're, you're dealing with it for the rest of your lives and damaged in a way by it. I hate that in the beginning of the movie, he says how he loves the attention of being looked at. And then at the end, he won't even say about where his mother and brother are. Mm. And at the same time, it's like, I do think that the movie doesn't portray, like, Afghanistan as a perfect place to be from before, like, in the way, like, he probably have, it's the, the irony of it all, that probably he'd have a worse experience as a gay man in Afghanistan than if he had to leave as a refugee. And it's, like, one of the questions that doesn't get asked in the movie that I think would have been a very important question to ask. You know, it's the thing whenever we talk about documentaries a lot of the time that because it's real people, the, the thing that I want for the people and what I need from the movie are two separate things. And this, I suppose it's yeah. what makes documentary a like, really interesting art form that you end up like kind of complaining at things so. because it is a complete picture. It's a narrative, but you can't just be detached the narrative and play around with it with no consequences. Like, it's not like... Mm. I if, if you or I are writing a script, you can absolutely fucking torture the fuck out of a character, and then whenever you finish the script, nothing happens. That character doesn't exist anymore as long as you stop writing. But yeah. you can't do the same unless it's Ruby Sparks. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that is a movie that has not aged very well. What was your least favorite thing? Uh, yeah i think i probably agree with that like um like with what you said about how it's the fact that like like this one really like pummeled me because it had so many 
obviously it's like the idea of like refugees is like a universal story or whatever but like this one felt really because they were like it was so relevant to so many current things and like sometimes I think back to like whenever we were making the red bear and like how you know we were making this like historical thing about like a war and how like we had like all those shots of like you know refugees walking past our main character and stuff and how like at the time to me it felt like a thing that happened in the past you know and like yeah I don't know I think about I think about that film a lot sometimes now which is interesting of like it was quite a tough topic really for you to deal with when you think about it for like a final year college film that like you know we literally had a scene where there was a trench full of dead people and like I I think if I had to make that film now it would mean a whole different thing to me you know which is weird it's weird because most people, like, obviously, everybody not listening to, listening to this haven't seen that movie. But basically, me and Orla yeah. made a movie <laughs> when we were in college that I wrote and directed. It was uh, based in the Boston War, and it was about um, one of the massacres uh, that the Boston people had to suffer there. Um, like, I did do the research that was, like, based on a specific massacre, but I didn't want to you know just pegged it as that one because then it doesn't look correct and all these things it makes it like it cheapens mm. it it is a war movie where there's no gunshot on screen because it is precisely what you were saying about really the plight of refugee but it was also like about how we view it because that's why i chose the photographer to be the main character hmm I don't know, like, if I made that movie nowadays, I'd probably be more competitive. Like, I think it is very milk toast like, movie to deal <laughs> well, with. Well, considering that we had no money and we were little baby students <laughs> as well. Yeah, but, uh, like, I don't know how I would have taken um, this movie. Because also, like, we, we shot in 2012. 2013 is the beginning of the Syrian crisis. Then there's Libya, mm. there's fucking, you know, like, obviously, obviously there was a huge death rate and fucking dispersion because of the Iraq war in the early 2000s. But it's not something that I, I experienced personally in a way and mm. not to sound completely devoid of emotion based uh, on it. But I think that I don't know how I process making a movie like that or writing a movie like that based on what I've seen. Even watching this, I don't know how I would have uh, reacted to it before February 24th this year. Because obviously with Alex being Ukrainian, my involvement of watching how I follow the news in Ukraine are a lot more direct. Like I saw places that I was in yeah. just a couple of years ago being bombed. I like read news of like the roundabout outside her how her apartment being like saw videos of like Russian troops getting shot at in like the street where I was and how they tried to bomb a station that is across the road from her apartment and stuff like that. Uh, and then like Bucha and Irpin and stuff like that. That like I weren't, I wasn't there, but like I seen exactly the same neighborhood across the river and stuff. It's and obviously how graphic it is and how like real time almost we process news now with like Twitter and Facebook. That I don't know if I like this movie probably would have had way more impact on me ten years ago. Whenever like. I hadn't seen this, you know, like the, yeah. I hadn't seen, and also like having people that are blogging and that I follow on Twitter that are in those locales and then they stop tweeting and you're like, what happened? And I know that there was like in Syria that happened, but also they'd be tweeting in languages that I didn't understand. I wasn't in, in Twitter that much. Even the auto translate is very much optimized nowadays which it was in 2012 so it's like this kind of weird thing that is a movie that is of both at the same time both uh, very very prescient of coming out last year 
just predating the the biggest refugee crisis in Europe. As the world becomes more desensitized about these things, it's important to actually become as ruthless as possible. Uh, like, I really like a movie beco- uh, by The Other Side of Hope by uh, Aki Kurismaki, which is a refugee oh, story yeah. in set in Norway, in Finland. Uh, and I think that it, like when I watched it, I really, really liked it. And I think that uh, if I watched it now, I'd be screaming at the TV going, this is not Mar- the world. Yeah, exactly. That is. So like, where could they find us? <laughs> Uh, they can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game. They can find us on Twitter at The Rec Game. Uh, they can listen to us on uh, Dublin Digital Radio every second Monday. And you can find our episodes afterwards, or longer episodes, because there's always shorter versions on um, the SoundCloud. But the longer full hour versions are always on uh, the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud. We have a little playlist on there. Um, yeah, you can also email us your uh, your correspondence if you want to disagree with us. Uh, <laughs> or tell us that we're great. You can do either. Uh, at the recommendation game at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, so next week's film, uh, We're Going to France. We're Going to France is uh, Ricardo's pick. Uh, Ricardo, what are you picking? Claire's knee. <laughs> it's summer. It's France. It's the 70s. I'm going to hate it. Yeah, probably. Well, <laughs> let's see. Cool. Well, until then, I was Orla Martinez. And I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>